0: And I wanted to take the occasion of our baptisms today to just talk a little bit about baptism. Baptism is a very comprehensive subject. We could spend a lot of time talking a lot about baptism. And we could talk about a lot of things surrounding baptism. Today I want to talk specifically about the baptism of Jesus and the relevance, why our baptism matters today. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 34, the, the baptism of Jesus is recorded in all four Gospels, but I chose John's Gospel as our text today, but we're going to touch on some of the other Gospel accounts that deal with the baptism of Jesus as well. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. For he was before me. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and He remained upon Him. I did not know Him, but He who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on Him, this is He who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God, the Word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your Word. We thank you for the gospel of Christ. We thank you for the good news that the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world has come and Jesus, the Lamb of God, has taken away our sins. Father, we confess that there is no way for us to cleanse ourselves, to redeem ourselves. It is only by your grace through faith in Jesus that we can say with confidence that our sins have been taken away. And we thank you today for that grace. We thank you, Father, that you give us the grace to be baptized, to be identified as disciples of Jesus, to be initiated into the covenant as your people, and to live a life consistent with our baptism to bring glory and honor to you in this earth. Father, we thank you for these things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So there is a lot, as I said, that we could talk about when it comes to baptism. But I want to focus specifically on the baptism of Christ And I want to also talk about our own baptism. Uh, We're going to baptize an adult today, and we're going to baptize an infant today. And we are a church that believes in um, paedo-baptism. We also believe in paedo-communion. That means we welcome children to the waters of baptism, and we welcome children to the table of the Lord for communion. And we do that because we believe, and I know our belief is not the same as everyone's belief, Uh, And there is a diversity of belief even within this congregation, and that's okay. But I think it is important for all of you, uh, as members of Christ Fellowship, or visitors to Christ Fellowship, or or, or people who come here to worship, whether you count yourself a member or not, to to understand what we believe and why we believe what we believe. And I'm not going to so much talk about why we baptize babies uh, uh, today, that's not really the topic of my my message today but i do want us to make sure that we understand whether we were baptized as infants or whether we were baptized as adults i was baptized as an adult whenever we were baptized our baptism matters and we are commanded by god not only to be baptized but to live consistent with our baptism And if we don't know what our baptism represents, we don't know why we were baptized and what all of that means, um, then it makes it a little more difficult probably to, to consciously live consistent with your baptism. But I want to start by talking about the baptism of Christ. Jesus was baptized, as I told the children, as you all know, by John the Baptist. Jesus was not baptized for our example. In other words, Jesus didn't say, hey, I'll go first and I'll get baptized and they'll feel a lot better about getting baptized. That's not what happened. And, and Jesus was baptized uh, by John to fulfill all righteousness. That's what Jesus said. So we, we know that Jesus was baptized, but why was Jesus baptized? I think is an important question. Uh, and we're not going to exhaust the answer to that question today. We're just going to touch on that briefly. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. In Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus, he gives us a little bit more information. Now, this is the thing about the, the four Gospels. You have three Gospels that are very similar, called the Synoptic Gospels, and you got the Gospel of John that's quite different. Critics say, see, I told you, they couldn't get their story straight. Now, that's not it at all. The four Gospels give us four different views of Christ. They give us not contradictory views, but different views. They each present Christ uh, in, 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 as who he is, the king of the Jews, the line of the tribe of Judah, the suffering servant, of the God-man, uh, and also uh, God, the word made flesh, the word who was God and the word who was with God there at the beginning, at creation, who brought about a beginning, the God who has existed eternally. And so in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15, let me read Matthew's account of the baptism of Jesus. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, imagine if you were the one baptizing Jesus. And John says to Jesus, hey, you should be baptizing me. I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. So Jesus was not baptized for our example because Luke tells us that Jesus did not come to John for baptism until all the other people had been baptized. That's in Luke chapter 3, verse 21. Luke also tells us, and the Gospels tell us, that Jesus is around 30 years old at his baptism. Now, I remember before I was a Christian, and I believed all kinds of wacky things, because unlike the child will baptize today, and, 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 and many of the children in this congregation... I was not raised up in church. Um, That didn't mean I didn't believe in a God or gods. That didn't mean I wasn't a spiritual person. A lot of people define themselves today as spiritual. And that's something you need to be really careful of because there's lots of different kinds of spirits out there. And I remember in one one of the common New Age teachings, still around today, was that we saw Jesus at the age of 12 in the temple with the scribes and the the priests and the lawyers, and we don't see Jesus again until 30 years old. Well, what happened to those 18 years? The lost years of Jesus, some people call them. There's whole books and volumes written about it. And some people say, oh, well, Jesus was in Tibet sitting at the feet of ascended masters, learning all of this great wisdom. And then when he turned 30, he came back and imparted all that, you know, when the Christ consciousness came upon him. Um, it, It sounds crazy, but there are people who believe those kinds of things. Now, there's a reason why we saw Jesus at the age of 12 sitting with the lawyers in the temple, and there's a reason why Jesus. Comes to John at the age of 30 to be baptized. Now remember, I said Jesus, his baptism wasn't our example in that Jesus wants all of us to wait until we're 30 years old to be baptized, just like him. No, that's not the point at all. Jesus was baptized in preparation to be appointed. To be anointed, we might say, the great high priest, our great high priest. Jewish priests were consecrated by washing with water and anointing with oil. Listen to God's command to Moses in Exodus chapter 29 verse 4 and verse 7. And Aaron and his sons you shall bring to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and you shall wash them with water. And you shall take the anointing oil, verse 7, and pour it on his head and anoint him. So the priests were to be washed with water and they were to be anointed with the oil of anointing. The baptism of Jesus was his dedication into his office as the high priest of our confession. Thirty years was the age when a priest was dedicated to his office Jesus was baptized and began his ministry, Luke 3.23 tells us, around the age of 30. He was not younger than 30, but he could have been older than 30. But it's safe to say, he was 30. So when Jewish priests were dedicated, water was poured upon their heads and they were anointed with oil. When the Son of God came to the to the waters of baptism he had water poured on his head by John as a sign or a preparatory step for the anointing of the holy spirit the anointing oil poured upon the head of the priest foreshadowed the anointing of jesus christ anointed with the holy spirit God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says. The sign of that anointing was the Spirit descending as a dove and remaining upon Him. And in His baptism, Christ fulfilled all righteousness concerning His dedication as God's appointed priest. So Jesus Christ is our great High Priest. Now... If you are students of the Bible at all, there should be some glaring thing that you're wondering about right now, if you don't already know. Jesus was not a priest according to the order of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood because Jesus was not born of the tribe of Levi. Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah. And this is a problem for Jews today who say there's no way Jesus could be a priest because he's born of the wrong tribe. Now that's a whole series of messages in and of itself that we're not going to go into. But suffice it to say, God was well aware of which tribe Jesus was born into or from. Jesus was appointed high priest by God according to the order of Melchizedek and the power of an endless life. Now in in. in Genesis, when we are introduced to Abraham, there is this character that almost seems out of place. His name was Melchizedek. He was the, uh, the king of Salem. And Abraham, coming back from rescuing Lot and defeating his enemies and had the spoils of war, gave a tithe, the Bible says, to Melchizedek. The king of Salem. When we come to the book of Hebrews, Hebrews tells us that Jesus is our high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is introduced to us during the lifetime of Abraham before the law was given to Moses, before there was an Aaron, before there was a Levi, before there was a Levitical priesthood in existence. And obviously, we believe that God does nothing by accident. That was by design because Aaron and the priesthood that came as a result of, uh, through the tribe of Levi and through Aaron, the brother of Moses, that priesthood only foreshadowed the true priest and the true priesthood that would one day come to be through Jesus Christ. And you might remember, we might remember ourselves that we are also called priests of God in Jesus Christ. So Jesus was not a priest according to the order of Aaron or the Levitical priesthood. Jesus, the Son of God, was appointed by God to be the Apostle and High Priest of our confession. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, Therefore, the holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the Apostle and High Priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10 tells us that God, by God, Jesus became high priest, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus is called by God as high priest, not according to man or the lineage of man, but according to God, and as we'll read here in just a moment, according to the power of an endless life. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 15 and 16 And it is yet far more evident if in the likeness of Melchizedek there arises another priest who has come not according to the law of a fleshly commandment but according to the power of an endless life. So as our appointed high priest, Jesus had to fulfill all righteousness. Therefore, John baptized Jesus with water And God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost, or the oil of anointing. That's what the anointing oil foreshadowed in the the priesthood under the Old Covenant. It was foreshadowing the oil, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This is what John writes in his letter. He says, you have an anointing from God, and that anointing is the Holy Spirit. And we as believers, as the elect of God, as the regenerate of God, born again by the Spirit. We have the Spirit. We have been anointed by God. So Jesus, when we read the Gospels, we'll see that Jesus did not perform one miracle. He did not recruit one disciple. He did not preach one sermon until he had been dedicated as high priest through baptism with water and with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It was after his baptism that Jesus began his earthly ministry. There is no record of Jesus doing anything related to ministry prior to his baptism. There's lots of speculation from lots of, of writings that are not the scripture. And this is the importance of us staying with the Bible and not reading. It's okay to read, but don't build your theology around things that contradict Scripture. It's okay to fill in the blanks as long as you're filling in the blanks with things that are consistent with biblical teaching. So the Scripture, it's our boundary, it's our fence. Everything we believe has got to remain within that fence of truth and Scripture revealed to us in the Scripture. So Jesus ministered on this earth in the authority given to him through his baptism and subsequent anointing. Now we see this when Jesus points to his baptism by John as a reference to his priestly authority. So at the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, John baptizes Jesus with water. God anoints Jesus with the Holy Spirit. At the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, in the week prior to his arrest and crucifixion, there is an account given us. Uh, It's recorded in Luke's Gospel, uh, the particular account we're going to look at. When the authority of Jesus was challenged by the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people, Jesus pointed back to the authority of John's baptism. The week before his crucifixion, Jesus cleansed the temple. Remember that? Jesus goes in uh, and he overturns the tables of the money changers and he drives out the people. And this was taking place in the court of the Gentiles. This was a, a very large area. It's not like... Jesus came into a room here and shoot everybody out the door. This disrupted everything that was taking place in the temple that day. And so, in those days leading up to his crucifixion, Jesus cleanses the temple. He teaches and he preaches the gospel publicly in the temple court. And it was during this time that Jesus had the authority to, his authority question. Because those religious elites who were questioning his authority, Luke tells us, sought to destroy Jesus. So let me read to you this account from Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 20, verses 1 through 8. Now it happened on one of those days as he taught the people in the temple and preached the gospel that the chief priests and the scribes, together with the elders, confronted him and spoke to him saying, tell us by what authority you are doing these things. Now this is after he's already overturned the money changers, run all of those people out. And and now he is consistently, day in and day out, leading up to his crucifixion, teaching and preaching the gospel publicly in the temple. And these people are about to have a cow because they don't know what to do with Jesus. So they come to him. They want to destroy him, remember. Remember. And he said, and they said, tell us by what authority you're doing these things, or who is he who gave you this authority? But he answered and said to them, I also will ask you one thing, and answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or from men? And they reasoned among themselves, saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why then did you not believe him? And if we say from men, then all the people will stone us, for they are persuaded that John was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know where it was from, and Jesus said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. All Jesus did during the course of his earthly ministry began with his baptism. John the Baptist recognized his own need for Christ, but Jesus knew that he had to fulfill all righteousness and so be dedicated as God's appointed high priest. Thus, Jesus was baptized with water to begin his ministry. And Jesus also knew that John had been ordained by God to prepare the way for the Christ, the Messiah. He was the one who went before Prepare the way. He was the voice crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. So John had something he had to fulfill, and Jesus had something he had to fulfill. And this is why Jesus said to John, Suffer it to be so, baptize me that we fulfill all righteousness. Mark chapter 1, verse 2, as it is written in the prophets, speaking of John the Baptist, Behold, I send my messenger before your face who who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And John knew that Christ must be revealed to Israel. Therefore, he came baptizing with water. Thus, he declares these words recorded for us in John's John's gospel. I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore, I came baptizing with water. Jesus was baptized with water and received the anointing of the Holy Spirit as a sign of God's approval Even the voice from heaven affirmed such. And Jesus walked in the authority given to him by his Father, and nothing would be able to stop him from fulfilling God's purpose. That was true then. That is true today. And as we walk in God's authority as disciples of Jesus, we need to know and we need to believe, we need to trust that nothing will stop God's purpose for our life and in this earth. We are bombarded with news, with lies, with things trying to distract us, trying to get our attention focused on things that they don't need to be focused on. I'm not saying don't watch the news. Go ahead and watch it. But again, you measure everything according to the Scripture. When the the, Media tells you the world's going to end and and man's killing the planet. You just remember who created the world and who created the planet. It wasn't man. It was God. And God created man and put him on the planet. And it's not going to be man that determines the fate of the planet. It will be God. So when whatever we're listening to, whatever we're watching, whatever we're tempted to believe, we need to measure it with the Word of God. It will save you a whole lot of heartache if you will do that. A lot of worry that you need not involve yourself with. So Jesus was baptized in water. And he began his earthly ministry. Well, what of our own baptism? We've talked about the baptism of Christ. Let's consider our own baptism. Why should we be baptized? And what is the significance of our baptism? Remember I said that Jesus' baptism was an example for us. In other words, Jesus didn't go first so that we could follow. That wasn't the point of his baptism. Why should we be baptized? Very simply because Jesus commands that we be baptized. I mean, that's really all we need to know. There's a lot more we can say about it. There's a lot more you can read about it. There's a lot more to consider about it. But at the very foundation of everything... If you ask me why I should be baptized, I'll tell you because Jesus commands it. And that can begin a a wonderful study uh, about baptism and all it represents, but it should end the question right there of whether I should or whether I shouldn't. You should be because Jesus commands it. There is much more we can say but that's all we need to know. What we need to know first and foremost is that Jesus in his great commission to the church commands that we baptize all who are his disciples without any qualification. Any and all disciples of Jesus are commanded to be baptized and taught to obey him. What is the significance of our baptism? Listen to the words of the prophet who foretold the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 52:15. So shall he sprinkle many nations; kings shall shut their mouths at him, for what had been not been told them, they ha- shall see, and what they had not heard, they shall consider. Ezekiel 36:25 and 27. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean, and I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments to do them. This is the promise God gave centuries before the birth of Jesus. Centuries before the coming of the Messiah. God has kept his promise. The Messiah has come. We have been sprinkled with blood and clean water. And we have been made clean in Jesus. Through the regeneration of new birth by the Holy Spirit. He gives to us a new heart. And he puts his spirit within us. And causes us to walk in his statutes having written His law upon our hearts. And by His grace, we keep His judgments and do them. Baptism identifies us as belonging to Christ. When we are baptized into Christ in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, we are identified as disciples of Jesus Christ and we are recognized as God's covenant people. Baptism is the sign of the new covenant, just as circumcision was under the old covenant. Our baptism, therefore, speaks not only of what now is, but what will be. As God's covenant people, we are to continue living consistent with our baptism in Christ, ever growing up in Him into all things. And baptism gives us authority in Christ. Our baptism carries the authority given to us in Christ. We are commanded to go, therefore, as his kings and as his priests, as his ambassadors, proclaiming the gospel of his kingdom and his glory in all the earth. Our commission from Christ carries the authority of Christ. Jesus introduces the great commission with these words, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And his very next command is, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All authority has been given To Christ in heaven and on earth. That means his authority is complete. The commission he gives to his church, to his disciples, that's to all of us, is to go therefore. We are commanded to go in his authority to make disciples. We're not commanded to sit and wait. We're not commanded to try to be magnets to draw people to our churches. We're commanded to go and to make disciples. And when we go, we are to go boldly in his authority. And he tells us, make disciples of all the nations. In other words, there is no one on this earth that is disqualified from being a disciple of Jesus. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your ethnic heritage. It doesn't matter your country of origin. It does not matter your age. From the youngest to the oldest we are called to make disciples. And we do that by preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. By preaching and teaching all that Christ commands us. We baptize them. How? In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We go baptizing all who are His disciples. For parents... When that child is born to you, mom and dad, that is your disciple. And Jesus commands you, I know there's disagreement on this, and I respect that disagreement, but this is why we baptize babies. Because your job, parents, is to disciple that little one. To teach them all that Jesus commanded, to raise them up, to grow them up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord. They are your disciples. And Jesus said, go make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. And we're to do that young and old. Baptism is important. We teach them to obey all things that Jesus commanded. Those we baptize, we are to teach. What we teach them is found in the Word of God. We don't have to wonder what to teach them. It's right there in the Bible. We just go to the Bible, we go to the Scripture, and we teach them the truth as found in God's holy Word. Now, you want to, along the way, teach them algebra and chemistry and English and probably another foreign language too. You want to do that. You want to educate them as well. But you do understand, and this is why we have a classical Christian school, you can't effectively educate someone apart from Christ. If Christ is not the center of everything we are and everything we learn, then what are we learning it's not going to last. It's not going to stand. And we know that is true because we see what's happening in our very nation right now. And if you don't understand, it's a product of the government school system that has for generations now indoctrinated our children to become socialists, Marxists, communists, and godless, most importantly. That's not by accident. You can go read in black and white. They laid it out over a hundred years ago, what they planned for the public school systems, and they didn't try to hide it. We just didn't believe they could actually accomplish it. But they have. So Jesus says, when you make those disciples, when you baptize those disciples, you teach them to obey all that I have commanded. And then he promises, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As we go obeying Christ, His promise is that He is with us always. That promise provides great comfort, or it should provide great comfort for us today. Just as Christ boldly walked in His priestly authority, we, so should we. For He has given us His name and His authority to make the gospel of His kingdom known to all. We are to baptize with water because we are baptized with the Spirit. John baptized with water, but he spoke of one who would come after him and baptized with the Holy Spirit. Our baptism with water is not just a picture of our cleansing, but it's a picture of our anointing. And when we are baptized into Christ, we are baptized into His body. Our baptism in water speaks of our baptism by one Spirit into one body. And the apostle Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he describes this truth. It's 1 Corinthians 12:13. Paul writes for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. In Romans 6, Paul likens baptism to being identified with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and that is true. And we're baptized into the death of Christ to put away our old man and to be raised up in the newness and the power of his resurrection. In our baptism, we have the assurance that the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is now dwelling in us by grace through faith. Our baptism pictures much more than our death. Our baptism pictures our new life in Christ. Our pouring, the pouring of water foreshadows the outpouring of the Spirit. And we are baptized with water because we are baptized with the Spirit in Christ. His Spirit is life in living water for us. Our baptism would be meaningless apart from Christ. It would be meaningless apart from the Holy Spirit. Jesus is called the Apostle and High Priest of our Confession. Jesus willingly submitted to baptism to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. And as his disciples in baptism, we obey his command and we continue teaching all to obey all that he has commanded. Amen? Let us stand. As we have gloriously witnessed to Two men, one man and one young man, very, very young man, initiated into the covenant community of God as we have considered baptism and the command of Jesus to make disciples and to baptize them and to teach them. We must be reminded of our own baptism And very often people will ask me, well, if I get baptized as an infant, how can I remember my baptism? It's like saying, how can I remember the exact moment I came out of my mother's womb? You don't, but you know you did because you're here. Even if it is written on a piece of paper somewhere, it's still an estimation. And the point is, we raise our children We raise our disciples, whether they're baptized as infants or whether they're baptized as young men, young women, or old men or old women. We raise our disciples to live consistent with their baptism. Our baptism means something, it's important. It is our identity, it is our declaration that we identify with Jesus, that we are his disciples. And not because we carry a card around that proves we were baptized. But because we carry a life around that should witness that we have been baptized. That we have within us the glorious life of God, the life of Christ through the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit in us is our life. And the fruit of that life in us is to be seen, is to be tasted by the world around us. And that is how men will know that we are baptized into Christ because our life will give witness to it. So church, go and give witness to Christ through your life, through your words, yes, but through your life, in word and in deed. And we live in a world that needs it more now or as much now as ever before. Amen. Amen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you.